Oh shit! You are now tuned in to the hottest sports podcast on the internet, Up in Flames, brought to you by your boy, Mo Murphy. This is where you will hear some of the hottest takes in the most raw and uncut fashion, baby. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mo, back with another episode of Up in Flames. Once again, I bring my boy Hefe on. Hefe, say what's up. What's going on, everybody? Glad to be back. Yep, yep. Hefe back on the episode. We're going to chop it up football. Start off, I'm going to ask him about the deck contract situation and what he thinks Dallas should do. And then we're going to get into our previews of what we think, how the NFC West will pan out and how the AFC East will pan out. So instead of wasting time, let's get straight to it. Hefe, a lot of people have heard how I feel about Dak's contract situation. Um, I'm one of the very few Cowboys fans that feel the way I feel, only because there's not really a bias to me in that situation. But um, I kind of just tell me your thoughts on on the Dak contract situation and what you think they should do. Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of in the situation where you either got to just pay the man or you got to just let him walk. And I know obviously that's an obvious answer, but my my reasoning behind that is that look, man, quarterbacks. Not many quarterbacks are being paid what they're worth. You you pay quarterbacks based on the quarterback quarterback market. That's what people a lot of people don't understand. So I'm gonna read you the guys right now that are getting paid higher than Dak based on his franchise tag this year, which is making him 31.4 million. So Carson Wentz is making 32 million. Kirk Cousins is making 33 million. Jerry Goff making 33 33.5. Aaron Rodgers making 33.5. Ben Roethlisberger making 34. And Russell Wilson making 35. Out of all those guys, there's two dudes that are you can say that are worth that kind of money. Everyone else is paying is is quote unquote overpaying these quarterbacks based on you know oh uh, you know a quarterback he's not worth that kind of money. So the point I'm trying to make is that you know with quarterbacks, dude, the, the, their value is based on their market, not not all the time is based on their their abilities. Now, mind you, it should be kind of more of a fifty fifty. But out of those guys that I just named, I know damn well uh, Carson Wentz has hardly even been on the field the last you know two years. Is he worth thirty two million dollars a year? Kirk Cousins has been, you know, ass up until. Well, I'm not gonna say ass. Kirk Cousins actually been a pretty solid quarterback, but as far as uh, when it matters most, and you know, down the playoffs and whatnot, Kirk Cousins like he's always kind of been a letdown, making 33 million dollars a year. Jared Goff, I think he he he, I don't think he's worth 33.5 million. And then Ben Roethlisberger, you know, he's hardly been on the field the last two two or three years, also making 34 million. So out of all those guys, like realistically, only two of them are really being paid what they are worth or what they should be getting paid. So my situation with Dak is. Okay, yeah, you know, he's asking $40 million, which would make him probably – it would make him the highest-paid quarterback. But in reality, that contract in five years, six years, seven years, he's going to be like number three, number four, number five on that list. So it, 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 it sucks and for the situation as far as you guys have to shell out that money. But you also have to show your commitment and your – you know, you have to invest in your commitment. So if, if Dallas thinks that that's their guy, which I think this, this is going to be his uh, audition year, if, if he can ball out this year, I think I think he'll get his money. Um but it's his to lose. But that's where my stance is with that man. I think you have to pay the man if you if you believe in him and you're gonna if, you know if you're gonna invest in your investment. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it to me if it was me and I, and, and he balls out this year, I'm paying him and I'm gonna give him his forty million dollars. I try to keep it like a lower term deal, you know, three or four years. Um, but that's what that's how, that's where I stand, dude. I think I think you're gonna. 
quarterbacks, you're going to overpay in a sense and in a way, if you want to look at it that way. But you're going to pay quarterbacks what their market value is, not always necessarily what they're doing on the, for what they're doing on the field. It's just quarterbacks right now, dude, it's just – it's not like running backs. Running backs are kind of, you know, getting less and less money because you're seeing it every year, less and more and more holdouts, more and more, you know, uh, arguments between running backs as far as the, their, their teams, as far as they want to get paid more. But they're kind of getting paid less and less because that, that 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 breed is is dying in a sense. I'm not saying the running game isn't important in NFL anymore, but they're they're more dime 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 it does. You can find running backs in the second, third round, fourth round. You know what I'm saying? Like quarterbacks, yeah, you do find some quarterbacks in the second, third, fourth round as well. But most of the time, you you know your bread and butter guys are in the first round. So that's what my stance is with that man. I think I think y'all should pay Dak just because that's what the market is and because it, I, I believe that he's probably their guy in the future unless they want to go all out and, and trade for Aaron Rodgers or something like that, which, you know, that would be crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I always tell people how I feel about the Dak situation, and I just really think, like, part of me thinks, like, it's not – Dallas isn't showing – they're not showing an unwillingness to commit to him. They offered him a five-year – you know, five-year deal, five-year, $175 million worth $35 million a year, um, which would make him the highest-paid quarterback right now. If we decide to jump in, the whole thing is, is Dallas is looking at the safety of their team also. Like, we're not showing we're not committed by, nah, we don't want to offer you nothing but $28 million a year. We're not trying to give them Ryan Tannehill money. We're trying to give them highest-paid quarterback in the league right now money. Um, you, you projecting your contract for four to five years from now, you know, like you mentioned that. So he's not looking at it as he's looking at it. Like if he gets paid $35 million a year now, he could be seventh or eighth on the list by the end of his contract, but he's also what 20, 26. So he'll be able to hit the market again at 31. And if he produces, he, he signs that five year, $175 million deal. And he produces at 31 years old. I know Dallas will have no problem signing him to another three, four, five-year deal for a lucrative amount of money. You know, who knows how much contracts are going to be worth five years from now. They Quarterbacks may, on average, be getting $43, $44 million a year easily. And I know part of it is the Chiefs are about to extend Patrick Mahomes, and I'm sure Patrick Mahomes is going to break that five-year, $200 million mark. Um, so I know he's looking at that. I know Lamar Jackson will be coming up for a contract extension. Probably they'll be talking – in the middle of the season, if not end of the season for Lamar Jackson, um, Deshaun Watson, like he's looking at projected quarterbacks coming up. Well, I mean, I know Deshaun and Patrick Mahomes are like now they're in contract extension talks now and Lamar Jackson will be like next year. He'll be in and, and all of those guys are going to be the highest paid quarterbacks. You know, if Mahomes gets signs for Deshaun Watson, probably going to want a dollar more. You know, it's just Especially if Mahomes break that two hundred million dollar mark, he'll probably, you know, Deshaun will probably want two hundred five. Nothing major. That's he why it's so important for Dallas to sign Dak now because you you kind of get ahead of the curve. And I know I, I'm expecting Mahomes' contract to be a minimum forty million dollars a year, bro. I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna be real with this youth and what he's accomplished already. I'm expecting him to get at least forty. So if I'm Dallas, you know what? Yeah, you you know you kind of bite that bullet right now, but in reality, in a year from now, like that he's. He, that Dak's contract is going to be less than Mahomes, is, you know, and and Deshaun's probably and Lamar Jackson. So that's why, like, that's why I'm saying, man, like, you you th this contract, it just it it was like with the Derek Carr situation a couple years ago when we gave him the, the contract. He's making twenty five million dollars a year at the time. That was, I made him like the third most or something like that. Was he worth that money then? No. But now, like, he's a decent quarterback, you know, middle of the pack, and he's getting paid. He's like the like fifteenth highest paid quarterback or tenth or something like that. I forgot. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it just with the years. 
it, it, the next contract is not going to look as bad. And at the same time, like another thing I forgot to mention is that I believe Dallas is in the window. You're in a, you're in a contention window. You got to you got to roll with your team now, or you you let him go and you start all over. You start all over. But the most important piece for for an NFL team is your quarterback. You're as good as your quarterback. That's why I think Dallas should commit to him, man, because you guys are in your window right now. I believe you guys have maybe even a Super Bowl contending roster for sure, a playoff roster. And if you let him go, dude, who are you going to bring in? Are you going to are you going to you know trade two three you know two first round picks for Aaron Rodgers? I mean, at that point, I would for sure say you upgraded. But at the same time, let's say you don't get Aaron Rodgers, like who do you go after? Who do you draft? Like, are you are you willing to take that risk and start all over at quarterback when you have a guy right now that has shown statistically that he's what a top ten quarterback every year statistically? I mean, yeah, but my only thing with that is like we have Andy Dalton coming off. You know, we have Andy Dalton as a backup. Is Andy Dalton as good as Dak? Maybe not. But is Dak that much better than Andy Dalton to where I don't think Andy Dalton could get us to the playoffs? I mean, yeah, Andy Dalton hasn't been the worst quarterback the past, you know, five, four or five years. His first four or five years, he was more successful than Dak. He, but Andy Dalton will end up having, this will be the most talented team he's had as far as he'll have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and uh, uh, CeeDee Lamb to throw the ball to. He'll have a decent tight end. He has a top running back. Um, he'll have a top offensive line. So offensively, like, I think Andy Dalton could make some shake. And no, maybe he, do I believe he could be the quarterback to take us to a Super Bowl? No, but I don't really think, Dak hasn't shown me that he could be the quarterback to take us to a Super Bowl either. Past couple years, we've had one of the most talented rosters on in the NFL. You know, we've definitely, we've had playoff rosters the past few years. And what much, we haven't produced much but a playoff win. And it's four years we got a playoff win. I think Andy Dalton could give us that. I think I think we could let that go off the simple fact we don't want to pay him that much. And I think we could end up paying Cam half that amount. And he could give us at least the same production for half the amount where we're not going all in. Because if our team isn't where we want it to be after this year, once we pay Dak, We've paid everybody else. We've paid Amari Cooper. We've paid Zeke. We have paid Office Alignment. We paid Jalen Smith. Next is Vanderess. We don't have the money to invest in improving our team. Like, you know what I mean? So at the same time, yeah, we're all in now. But if you go a cheaper quarterback option, okay, we get we get Cam Newton or we rock out with Andy Dalton. I right, look, we played final offense, but we need a, a better safety. We won't have that. We'll have that kind of money if we rock out with Andy Dalton and let Dak walk. We'll have money to improve around, and I think Andy Dalton is, would be a good enough quarterback to get us where we need to be. I do think we could get to NFC Championship with him this year. Maybe not, you know, because it would be his first year. But maybe not with Dak either. It's his first year in a new system with a new coach. Typically, your new coach ain't but so successful. I mean, you know, you had Matt Lafleur last year go thirteen and three with the Packers, but. You know, they still ultimately didn't finish with the success they want. 13-3, and three, I mean, you thinking about that team could reach the Super Bowl, not get slaughtered in the NFC Championship game. So, um, that's just part of it. You know, I mean, we, we the, the Dak talks until he either signs a contract or, or decides to play under the franchise tag is going to continue. So, it's always going to be up for debate. It's always going to be a new point of view. Um, I'm sure at some point Jerry's going to give in because he always does. And he's gonna put he's not gonna put 40 on the table, but he'll probably put 37, 38 million on the table. So that's just kind of where I'm at with it with the Dak situation. But you know, kind of enough about Dak. Let's get into the AFC East and um the predictions for the AFC East. I think this is a good one, just because I think the AFC East is gonna be the most shaken up division uh this year in the NFL. 
And part of it, actually, all of it has to do with Tom Brady uh, leaving the Patriots, you know. So now I think the AFC is wide open. There were some improvements. You know, the Jets showed a lot of improvement towards the end of last year. So they showed some promise that they could be a really good football team. Uh, the Bills obviously showed that they could really be a good football team. The Dolphins have improved everywhere. Um, they've kind of filled a lot of their needs everywhere. So they show they've shown that they're on the improvement. They're they're rebuilding, but it's a strong rebuild because they have talent everywhere now. The Dolphins do have some talent everywhere, and so I just want to hear, man, what what are your predictions for the AFC East? I think the AFC East is clearly the Buffalo Bills' division. Um, they are a what some people would say a low key Super Bowl contender. That defense is that defense is just is nasty, man. If you look at that roster. Who they got? Ed Oliver, the guy they drafted this year in the first round. Like they are just, they are nasty, man. The Bills are are for real team. It's just that their offense is what what usually is like their 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 problem because they don't score a whole lot of points. Um, but you know they 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 drafted. I'm sorry, the guy they drafted in the first round. I believe it's Chanel, the the wide receiver. Um, I could be wrong. I'm sorry if I am, but um, that that's 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 been like their Achilles heel the last year or two is their offense. But their their defense, they are building a juggernaut defense. They are building a defense that will be a problem and they will keep them in games and they will win them games. Um, I think they are by far the best team in the AFC East. The Bills Mafia, I think, I mean, man, I would be excited if I was a Bills fan because, you know, that defense is just, is just loaded. Um, next, I think the Jets are probably the second best team in that division as far as, uh, like you said, what they had going, uh, heading into the final uh, stretch of last year. Um, I think the Jets, uh, their ceiling this year is probably a nine-win nine, nine team, maybe. Maybe maybe even ten, just depending on how you know how they when and when and how they hit their stride. Um, I think the Jets are improved. They got they got some some weapons. They drafted offensive linemen. They you know they 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 looking out for Sam. I think Le'Veon's gonna have a bounce back year. I don't think he's gonna be have like a monster year, but I think he'll have a bounce back year. Even last year, honestly, I think he had a, a, a good year considering he was on a shit team. Um, I think the Jets will win. Uh, seven to ten games. I mean, somewhere in between that range. I'm expecting the Jets to be in that uh, 500 range. Um, next, I think I'm gonna roll with. I think I'm gonna roll with the Patriots here, just because, dude. I, I I don't I don't doubt Bill Belichick, man. Even with a shit squad, I think that he I think that team's gonna be competitive. I don't think they're gonna win a whole lot of games. I think they'll win six games, give or take. Um, but I, I fully expect them to be competitive. I don't think they're gonna be just a team that you guys go in there and just beat up, um, unless. They are willing to, you know, we got some behind the scenes shit. They're gonna tank this year for Trevor, and you know, and then they'll he'll, here we go with another dynasty probably. But I think, uh, I think the the uh, the Patriots, the Patriots and the, the Dolphins are gonna be kind of obviously three and four. They're gonna be kind of teeter tottering there. Um, I do agree with you that Miami improved. I just don't think that they improved as much as people think. But they are trending in the right direction. Miami definitely is doing things in the right direction. They're trying to get better. They're, they're looking at getting better that, you know, they're making moves to get better. They're, you know, they're spending money to get better. So uh, I will say, I'll give, I will give Miami that. I just don't think that with the guys that they got, um, that I could say, Oh, Miami went from a four win team, three win team to a eight, nine win team. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think Miami's probably still in that six, six win, seven win max, you know what I'm saying? Range. But I'm going to say, honestly, I'm expecting them to win five to six games this year. Um, and that's no disrespect. I just I just don't think that they're quite ready to take the jump yet. Maybe next year, once Tua develops a little more, they'll be there. Um, and 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 the key to that team is going to be their secondary. They, they you know they're pretty loaded in the secondary. So that's if, if if maybe they'll surprise me and win more games if if their secondary can hold it down a little bit better than what I think they are. But their secondary is is pretty damn good as well. I just think that they're 
a little they're they're a project dude and 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 like again that's no disrespect to miami and saying that they suck or they, they ain't shit i'm not saying that i just think they're a project and i think if miami would win six games this year i would consider that a, a a success i would i would consider that a step toward the right towards the right towards the right uh a step towards the right uh, direction. I feel like Miami would, I would consider that a success. Six, six wins, seven wins would be huge for them. And then now you're talking, now you're talking about a six, seven win team heading into year two with Tua, with cap space and more, and and four more picks in the top, what uh, sixty next year. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. You know, they're they're cooking something over there. So, um, you know, that's that's I think where where the end of season to go. I'm gonna go Buffalo, New York, New England, Miami. Yeah. Um. So I disagree with you a little bit. Um, I think, I think the Dolphins are, I think the Dolphins are actually going to be a lot better than what you think. Um, I see them as anywhere from seven to nine in that seven to nine win range. Um, I agree, I agree with you that the Bills are the best team. Um, I don't think it's by far. The Bills defense is nasty. They ended up getting Espinosa from, um, Iowa, which was a steal just because they got him in the second round. Um, their offense is well improved, so I do think the Bills are the best team by far. I don't know, but I do think I think by far the by far part will be a lot to do with how much Josh Allen improved. If he improved a lot, then they're gonna by far be the best team. And if he improved a lot and he shows like solid progression as a quarterback, the Bills might be one of the best teams in the NFL. If if Josh it, it was Allen a mistake on my behalf, they, they, they didn't have a first round pick this year. I'm sorry, it was AJ Penas in the second round, so I, I apologize for that. Yeah, but they still like if Josh Allen shows major improvement, um, they arguably could be one of the best teams in the NFL. You might be talking about there's a possibility they could be in that eleven and five, twelve and four range because they do have the Jets that are um I think they'll probably be ten and six, eleven and five at best, but I do think they could reach twelve wins if the AFC East the if the Jets don't build off of the momentum they had at, towards the end of last year. If the Dolphins aren't as successful this year as I think they could be, and then if the Patriots just suck like I expect them to this year, rocking with Jarrett Stidham, then if all those fall into place, I think the Bills, I mean, then that means, you know, their division is fairly easy, and that's six games on the schedule. And you talking about if it falls in a positive way for Buffalo and a negative way for them three other teams, you you already possibly talking about the Bills with five, maybe six wins, go 5-1, and 6-0 and oh in their division. So I will say the bull, uh, the the Bulls, the Bills are the best team. Um, I'm a rock with. I think the Jets and the Dolphins are neck and neck for the two spot. Um, they because both teams finished off the year with momentum, and I get it. Like, yeah, the Dolphins only won five games, but like their five games came towards the end of the season. Um, they finished off the season beating the Patriots, and I get it. It ain't. It wasn't the same Patriots team that we're used to, but their defense was nasty. They had the defensive player of the year, the defensive MVP, and Stephon Gilmore, and he got cooked by Devontae Parker. So I mean, he Devontae Parker kind of showed how good he is as a wide receiver. Uh, they offense clicked. They started clicking towards the end of the season, and I think with them having five wins and improving the way they did, I mean, I guess I value their approve, improvements a little more than you. But I'm not going to tell them. I mean, on paper with that talent, if it wasn't year one, we would be talking about, I, I think we could be talking about they arguably could be a 10-win team. Not right now because um, I feel like there will be a quarterback change in the middle of the season. I don't think two will start day one. Even though if he's fully healthy, he probably should be. But um, I, I'll probably kind of do it like a red shirt or middle of the season 
this year, allow him to just play in the middle of the season this year. But like you said, coming next year is really where the Dolphins should be looking at true excitement as a fan and true possibilities of of real NFL success. Because like you said, they got what four picks in the tops in the first two rounds next year. They got a lot of cap space again next year, even after all the money they spent this year. They're gonna have a lot of cap space. And it's Miami. There they this might be a time where they attract free agents. If Tua does play this year and he he balls out, you know, he shows a lot of promise. There might be some offensive weapons that are willing to come to Miami. Miami will pay them. They're gonna have the money to pay them. They gonna have they should have a great draft next year. Um I don't think they had as great a draft as I thought they would with all those picks, but they had a solid draft. You know, I give them like a B minus B grade on the draft. I think they could have did a little bit better. They kind of surprised me with a few of the picks early. Um, but I do, I do think the Dolphins will be highly improved and I think the Jets will be right there with them. Um, now if Sam Darnold, if the progression of Sam Darnold is crazy this year, then, you know, I'll take the Jets easily. Um, but if Sam Darnold doesn't show major progression, they, they kind of, you know, they lost Robbie Anderson. They got Brashad Perryman, but I don't know if they have the right set amount of weapons. Their offensive line is still shaky, even though they invested into the offensive line in the first round. Their O-line is still shaky. Um, Le'Veon Bell will have a bounce back year. Uh, he kind of was unhappy. There were trade rumors surrounding him all season last year up until the trade deadline. Even with the draft, there were some trade rumors about whether Le'Veon would be there or not. Um, it's shaky with Jamal Adams on defense, and he's the anchor of their defense, so they, they kind of have some problems, you know, some some ego problems, some, fi- some contract financial problems. So I don't know if they'll be as good as they could be. And then, yeah, I just I, the Patriots will be the worst team in the division, my prediction. Um, I get it. Bill Belichick is, is a genius of a coach. You know, he's arguably, if you don't say he's the greatest of all time, he's in that one, top three discussion of greatest coaches of all time. But this year... It surprised me he didn't go after anybody, no Phillip Rivers, no Andy Dalton, no Cam Newton. So either A, he really trusts this man, Jared Stidham, and thinks that he's kind or B, they're kind of tanking because they didn't really improve anywhere. They didn't go get weapons to surround Jared Stidham. And I know this year, Jared Stidham ain't no Tom Brady, you know, so they have no weapons really. They didn't invest in a defense that much. I mean, they did in the draft, but they didn't really make no eye-popping moves to say even without Tom Brady, we're trying to win. So it's possible that this is a tanking season and they're trying to tank for Trevor, which, like you said, could start another dynasty. I mean, the Patriots could just be shaky for the next year or two and then start another 20-year mega dynasty. You never know Um, because Trevor Lawrence is projected to be that kind of guy. But I also think you might see some flaws in Bill Belichick's system this year. Um, I'm a believer. I think it... Their success, the Patriots dynasty success, goes more to Tom Brady than Bill Belichick. I understand a coach with the defense and has to have the system in place, but I don't think they have that same dynasty without Tom Brady. Um, I think Tom Brady was the biggest part of that dynasty. He was the biz- the biggest success of that dynasty, and he was the reason it was, he was able to keep it going. Um, you could say Bill Belichick is the mastermind, but even it took offense to come back and beat Atlanta down 25 to three. Yeah, it took defense to stop them from rolling, but it took offense to have them come back down 25, uh, 28 to three. What? Uh, my bad, 28 to three. It took offense. It took Tom Brady. It took some heroics from Tom Brady. Then against the Eagles. Yeah, in that but you, you, you also got to realize the year Tom Brady went down with that injury, bro. Uh, 
Bill Belichick won like eight or nine games with Matt Castle. He actually went 11 you know and 5 I mean? and missed the playoffs. But yeah, Okay, there you go. You know what I'm saying? Like I, to me Bill Belichick is the way bigger key to 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 that to that thing. Now, I'm not saying that Brady wasn't you know valuable, but I think to me the preparation, the the coaching, the play calling, it to me it was it was Belichick mostly. You know what I'm saying? But that, that's that's a different topic. Yeah, but I think I think you know with that theory, I think a lot of it'll be pro- be uh proven this year. Not more so whether if Tom Brady's more successful. I just think Tom Brady's on the better team right now, at least offensively with the weapons he has. I expect success. He's, he's not playing for a bum coach. Bruce Arians is not a bad coach by any means. So I, I expect success on his end. But, you know, your um, if they do go 9-7, 10-6, uh, God forbid they go 11-5, your side of your – the theory, you know, your side of the argument will probably be – it'll be proven, you know, you'll – You'll have a stronger case. You'll actually have a more of a case for you than me as far as saying is Belichick. But I just don't think they're going to be very good. They, they didn't make any moves where I'm like, okay, they're trying to improve. They kept a few players. Uh, the draft just kind of, you know, they didn't do anything. You know, there were quarterbacks sitting out there that have to be better than Jared Stidham. Because if he was that good, they would have moved on from Tom Brady already. So um, I just think, you know, maybe the Patriots are trying to tank. And I do think they'll be the worst team in the division. I think five, five, six wins max. Um, I think they may benefit if the Dolphins don't pan out to improve at all, which I don't see that happening just because talent can take you far enough to where you'll show improvement. Or if the Dolphins and Jets just hit a wall and just can't be, be any good this year, then maybe the Patriots will benefit from that. But I just don't see the Patriots being any good. I, I don't want to give them the the ultimate disrespect and say, I see him going four and 12. So I give him five and 11, six and 10, seven and nine at best. But I just don't see them being very good or being very competitive. Um, and so to move on from the AFC East, uh, we're going to talk about the NFC West. I think personally, I think the NFC West is one of the better divisions in football or is expected to be one of the better divisions of football next year. As I also said about the AFC West, um, on our last episode we did together, I just think the West Coast got a lot of things going good for them in the NFL right now. So I think the AFC West, or I think the NFC West is going to be one of the better divisions in football, probably one, two, or three. Uh, they got a lot of talent. They got the the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Rams, and the Cardinals. The Cardinals improved. I think the Rams will take a step back. Um, I still think the 49ers are the best team in that division. I think they go 11-5. I think the Seahawks are the second best team in the division. I think they go eleven and five with San Francisco winning the tiebreaker, or they go ten and six. Um, if they show improvements from some of their weapons, DK Metcalf shows improvement, things like that. We know Russell Wilson is going to be Russell Wilson, so we know what he's going to do. He could carry that team if need be, and I, I I would trust in Russell Wilson to carry that team to a ten and six record with just the roster they have right now, no improvement. Um, I think it'll be like a neck-and-neck neck race for the Rams and Cardinals of who's in last place in that division. I really don't. I see both teams being 7-9, and 8-8 eight and eight, um, on the successful side, 9-7. and seven. So I think they're in that 7-9 win window. I think both teams, I think if you cap off a successful season, they'll be 9-7 and seven if they just show it. Because I think the Rams are going to take a step back. If the Cardinals show improvement, I think they go 7-9, and 8-8 eight and eight at best. And I just think if the Rams maintain some kind of success they'll be nine and seven but I think they take a step back and they just put themselves in the same category 
as the Cardinals. I don't see Kyler Murray really having a sophomore slump season this year um, because you gave him another weapon in DeAndre Hopkins. The defense improved a little bit. They still invested in their offensive line. They kind of surprised us taking Isaiah Simmons. A lot of people think they should have an offensive lineman to protect Kyler Murray, protect your future, protect the, fi- the face of your franchise. But, you know, I love that trade for DeAndre Hopkins. It gives Kyler Murray another weapon alongside Christian Kirk. And you also have Larry Fitz. So I think they do show major improvement on the offensive side of the ball. And I also think if the Cardinals are just absolutely terrible, I don't think it'll be on Kyler Murray. I don't think it'll be on anybody but the coach, Cliff Kingsbury. Because it's not like they have a coach who was never even successful in college. Typically, successful college coaches don't even transcend well into the NFL. So what makes you think a guy that barely had a 500 record, I don't even think he had a 500 record, what makes you think that guy could show some kind of success in the professional level of they field? So, but that's why I'm at with the NFC West. I think, you know, I got San Francisco 1, 11-5, 12-4, possibly 12-4. I got Seahawks 2, 10-6, possibly 11-5. And, um, and then I, got, I put a stamp on it. I got the Rams going... Eight and eight, and I got the Cardinals going seven and nine, but I very well could see the Rams going six and ten, seven and nine, and I could see the Cardinals at a highly successful season going nine and seven. So that's kind of where I'm at with the NFC West. Cool, cool. Yeah, you know what, dude? Uh, honestly, like uh, our our, our uh, predictions for this division are almost almost identical. I do feel like San Francisco probably goes eleven and five. I do think um, Seattle will probably be either eleven and five or ten and six, exactly just how you said. Is it, it's going to come down to one of those last regular season, uh, you know, matchups or whatever. I think, uh, I think, you know what? I'm going to go with Arizona going eight, eight and eight. I think they improved enough to where I could, I could see them, man. They're on the brink. They're on the brink of, of, of at least becoming a very competitive football team. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and peg them at eight and eight. I think, uh, I think that offense is going to be uh, pretty, uh, pretty explosive, man. When you talk about, this, you know, there's a guy that people forget about, man. He actually had a couple games this year where he was just balling Christian Kirk. I think he's going to be that dude that's going to slide right into the slot. You're gonna have DeAndre and, and and Fitz on the outside. You're gonna have Kirk on the slide. Just eating. I think that guy's gonna be. He's gonna be a monster this year. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and put uh, Arizona eight and eight. Um, I I do worry about their defense a tad bit, but I think they'll be. I think they'll be like a band, but don't break defense this year, man. I don't. I don't expect. I don't expect. I don't expect them to be at uh, uh, near the, the the back end of, of the rate rankings, but I, I expect them to be a competitive team with you know some 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 uh, hiccups and some issues back there and on defense. But I think. Um, I think they'll be solid enough, man. I think Patrick Peterson's a very underrated cornerback at this point of his career. I think he's probably still a top, probably a top five, top ten cornerback for sure. Um, so I'll go, I'll go ahead and rock with Arizona at that. And I think honestly, dude, I, I just have a feeling the Rams are going to be a bad team this year. I, and 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 by that, I don't, I mean bad based on their their expectations and based on what they've been the last two years. So I, I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Rams either going seven and nine or six and ten. Um, I just think that they they they're a little bit of a at a they're in a bit of a crossroad here where where I don't think they, they necessarily got better. Um, but it's crazy to say that because they have probably the two best players on defense in the whole NFL, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy to think that they have two two of the best players in the position at, at their position in the NFL on the same side of the ball. And, and, and here we are having these talks about you know them potentially having a bad year. I think I just think that they ended up investing a lot of money. In a lot of places, and they went they went all in during a Super Bowl run, and now they're they're play, they're, they're facing the ramifications of, of, of the salary cap casualties and all that. Um, I don't think Jerry Goff's a great quarterback. I think he's a I think he's a good quarterback. I think uh, I think you can win some games with him. Um, I just the running game. I think this year they're going to probably rely a little bit more on Darrell Henderson, um, and a and, and and a little bit less on um, 
on uh, I forgot the name of the other guy they were using last year. Um, it, you know, obviously Gurley Gurley ended up going to Atlanta, correct? Yeah, yeah. So obviously Gurley's gone. Um, so I think I think the Rams will be six and ten, seven and nine. Um, they'll probably still be competitive. I think you know, obviously Sean McVay's a you know genius on offense. So I think they're Robert Woods and and uh, uh, underrated guy for you fantasy guys out there. I think this year. Um, uh, Tyler Hapy's gonna have a crazy year this year. I think they go, you saw how much they were using him towards the end of the year last year. So I think Tyler Hapy's about to be a monster this year. Obviously Cooper Cup if he can stay healthy, Robert Woods, you know, so they got some weapons over there, man. I just but I just I, I'm just seeing a little bit of a regression. I don't think they got better. Um and then obviously they didn't have a first round pick after the Ram- Ramsey trade. But our pick our, our predictions are almost the same, dude. I, I, you know, we're we pretty much with the exception of uh, you know flip flopping uh, Arizona and uh, and the Rams, but you know we're we're pretty much spot on. I think we, we both expect, and I think the consensus of most people listening are probably be expecting right around that same you know same records for for those teams we just named. Yeah, I definitely think like I feel like um out of a lot of the the divisions, I think the NFC West is pretty straightforward about where everybody's gonna fall. I mean, me saying that I think Seattle will fall in second isn't saying that I couldn't see them winning the division. I have them being within a game of San Francisco, so it could come down to that final matchup between each other where Seattle goes 11 and 5, 12 and 4. Like they finish 12 and 4, and um, San Francisco finishes 11 and 5. So I think it'll be a neck and neck race, and I just think one of them will finish 11 and 5, the other will finish 10 and 6. I do think both of them get to the playoffs. Um, and I think both of them are scary to play when it comes down to the playoffs because defense wins championships. Um, granted, they and this is the team that just played in the Super Bowl last year in San Francisco. Defense wins championships. Granted, they just they ran into that bad man over there in Kansas City. So you know they didn't win them a championship last year. But um, you know it's you don't want to play San Francisco because that defense is tough. And then you don't want to play Seattle just because the magic of Russell Wilson. There is some type of magic behind Russell Wilson. Um, and as crazy as it is to say, I think uh, I think Russell Wilson is an underrated quarterback. And the reason why I say that is because like even guys like me have been so quick to Patrick Mahomes is hands down the best quarterback in the NFL, and other, and he might be the best quarterback in the NFL. But I think I mean I don't know why Russell Wilson isn't more so in that conversation. Like a lot of people, we f- fell in love to the Mahomes hype and just giving the crown to Mahomes, kind of took the crown from Brady and gave it, you know, put it on Mahomes. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was being talked about as the most talented quarterback we've ever seen, and now it's Mahomes. But I think we just kind of took the crown from Mahomes, I mean, from Brady as far as he's the GOAT, but then, boom, here comes baby GOAT on his way to greatness. But I think Russell Wilson, look how great he is with what little he has as weapons. Tyler Lockett wouldn't be, you know, Tyler Lockett wouldn't be, a number one receiver on a lot of other teams. He's a good receiver, don't get me wrong, but he just wouldn't be a number one receiver on most other teams. Before he tore his Achilles, look at Will Disley. Who was Will Disley? Like, to the point where, you know, especially me, I'm a big guy, and I know you are of keeping up with fantasy. He At one point, he was a top fantasy tight end. He was putting up yeah, George. He was, he was my tight end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I so. Yeah, he was putting up George Kittle. And, you know, Travis Kelsey-like numbers. And I don't think that's more... I don't think that's speaking on his talent as much as it's speaking on Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson is one of those guys, you know, your attributes just go up a couple points when you play with Russell Wilson. I think he's a quarterback that makes... He's another guy who could take... You know, a lot of people praise Brady for this. He makes anybody good or he could make anybody great. 
I think Russell Wilson is the same type of quarterback. He he hasn't shown us why not. Some of his receivers, his number one receivers, Doug Baldwin back in the day was not, you know, isn't a number one receiver. So I just think with the magic of Russell Wilson, I don't he could take Seattle really far. Um, and people they'll be kind of a sleeper. They remain a sleeper just because they don't have a lot of the after Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner, they don't have a lot of the big names where you know the 49ers have all these big names, the Cowboys have these big names, the Saints had these big names, like all these teams, you know, have all these names. And for good reason, most of the teams beside my Cowboys actually produce with the talent they have. You know, Minnesota even has bigger names. So I just think um, Russell Wilson could carry him really far. So I wouldn't be shocked if they go 11-5, and 12-4, and and the 49ers finish a game behind them. But I do think, I do just think that the NFC West is just pretty straightforward, that it's San Francisco and Seattle and then – after that, I mean, I think the Cardinals will be improved, and I think the Rams take a step back the same way you do. I think you just – I kind of am giving them the benefit of the doubt they could go possibly 8-8 eight and eight, um, and not just fall flat on their face because Sean McVay is an offensive genius, and they do have some weapons offensively. And the fact, you know, you mentioned they do have Aaron Donald and, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. So it is a possibility that they can surface and not hit the pavement so hard – but they're still going to take a step back. They're not going to be 10 and 6, 11 and 5. Unless injuries happen within the division or, you know, certain injuries throughout the NFL where it affects, you know, injuries always affect everything. You know, we make these predictions when teams are healthy and then Russell Wilson goes down. Okay, Seattle's out. You know what I mean? Jimmy G goes down. San Francisco probably going to be counted out. So that's just, you know, injuries can change everything. But I do think, like I said, the NFC West is just pretty straightforward. Um, next time you guys hear from Hefe, we're going to be talking about the AFC North and the NFC South. So y'all stay tuned for that. I appreciate y'all for listening. As always, Hefe, I appreciate you for being on. You know more to come. Sports is slowly but surely coming back. Come football season, you probably going to hear from me and Hefe multiple times a week. Um, this is damn near my co-host. So, you know, we're going to be rocking out for a long while. F.A., I appreciate you for being on. Y'all continue to listen. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter. Y'all already know the Twitter handle, the Instagram handle. Go check me out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Let us know what you think. And on that note, Murph out.